Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew, there really is no other place to be than right here, right now. How do you feel I about it. having Brianna Wills? Oh, I'm stoked because... Right here. Yeah, right here, right In now. the building. No, I mean... Live and direct. How? how? I don't, uh, m- money? What, m- bribes? Yeah, I guess. Bribes, yeah. right? Yeah. She I is... was lying about the money, Brianna. We don't give you any. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. She fell for it. Where's the door? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lock the door. Hmm. You know what? I do kind of feel bad. The people that are listening get to hear the conversation, but we're here. Yeah, we get to sense her. her presence. I know. There's an anointing. Oh, for sure. I love you, Brianna. Oh, I love you guys too. Well, then let's talk about stuff. Yeah. One thing I did want to say, Matt, is I really want to encourage everybody who's listening, go to the Scent 315 website. Oh, yeah, and do the quiz, right? Yeah, the yeah. quiz is so good. It's so helpful. Brianna and I talked a little bit about that, different styles. We're going to be discussing that. But also, all the books that are there, all the resources that are there, there's just a lot of meat. Thank you, Sarah Main. Yeah. So everybody should just, like Sarah taught me, like, share, rate, and review so more people can find Scent 315 and get equipped to share Jesus with people, right? That's the point. Yep. And they should go to the website and use all that stuff. And there's some blogs on there that have been posted as well that flesh out some ideas that we had conversation about, but I could go more in depth on that. So I would encourage them. Yeah, and we'll do better about getting links and getting the actual access to it published so I'll, I'll, yeah. we'll be spending some more time at that um go to the website now brianna <laughs> enough about us what about you <laughs> how you been what have you been up to i've been good i feel like i was just reflecting today and i've been very busy this week and it's not a bad busy it's just a busy sometimes rough just because of the nature of my jobs is a lot of listening to the struggles in people's lives but I love my job. So it's just busy with ministry, with home life, with work, with trying to squeeze in time for just casual reading and <laughs> writing. And a husband. And a husband <laughs> and friends. I know when you start adding like all the extras, I'm a wife and a sister and a niece and a cousin <laughs> and yeah. a best friend. And <laughs> Thank you for being my best owner. friend. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Kevin is the president of my fan club. Yes, I am. That's the <laughs> truth. It's not exactly immediate news but a short while ago something really exciting got launched onto all media channels where you listen to music so if people Mm -hmm. haven't caught up with that rumor yet what just happened we as a worship team at foothills just released hallelujah it's a song that was written by matt graham in 2020 during the pandemic and he had just really prayed that the lord would use it for our church family and here we are a couple years later, and it just got released. You can listen to it on all streaming platforms. You just type in Foothills Worship. You'll see the Return album logo, which is kind of mm-hmm. like red and blue, and there's water. And then you can scroll down on the page, and it says, Hallelujah, latest release. And it's really, really good. Red on. Exciting. Do you like it, Matt? I do. I yeah. do, yeah. Okay, I haven't heard it yet. Oh, it's really good. Oh, it's I'm really going good. to. Add on. Mm-hmm. Well, you were talking a little bit about the busyness of life and everything like that explain a little bit about what you're doing these days and and work and ministry and stuff like that yeah so i'm a maternal mental health counselor and when people hear that they automatically think what does that mean which is interesting to me because 
they get caught up on the maternal part, which I'm kind of just like, you know, maternal mother. (laughs) Yeah. But I work for a company and basically inside the company, there are multiple programs. The program that I worked for is a program that specifically supports people that are struggling with postpartum depression. So we work with women and families. I just pretty much live life with them. As a peer support, I work in a lot of like case management-y type situations. So connecting them to services in San Diego and helping them with symptom management techniques, coping skills basic needs, reaching goals. That's my position at that job. But I'm also a counselor at my church, our church, Foothills. That job is usually done in the evenings or on Fridays. And that one's also so sweet, just hanging out and really being a safe space for my Foothills family to talk about things they're struggling with. And so those are my career work jobs. Understood. Many people who are going to be listening to this know one of the reasons we're enthralled with you, but talk a little bit about what you do with worship. So I am a worship leader at church. I help at college group. I help at high school group sometimes, and I do on Sunday mornings. I also kind of (laughs) slipped myself into a position with Hank, and it's really not like an actual official position, but I just took charge (laughs) Uh, it's my type a personality i took charge of all of the like gathery Mm -hmm. like social events so anytime we have like a dinner or a christmas party or a summer barbecue or if backstage feels cozy and there's snacks and foods and drinks in the fridge and stuff i just took that upon myself to be in charge of that just because I love doing that stuff and I love the worship family and so yeah. I'm a drummer I'm a guitar player <laughs> some people sometimes think I'm a bass player but I just want to confirm I'm not <laughs> it's a very bass different <laughs> I have yeah. a friend who's a bass player he yeah. does not know how to play the guitar yeah but I love it I love it all well it sounds like there's a common thread here through all of this is that you are built and walking in your calling to take care of people and love mm-hmm. people does that sound accurate Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting road. I feel like when I think about it, I really desire to love people because growing up, I felt not that I was unloved, but I just felt kind of like uh, loved enough, I guess, you know, like checking off a list, like that's like my friend or my child or yeah, like Hey, Brianna, how's it going? I'm good. Okay, cool. Like, see you later. You know, like that That's kind of thing. love. That just smacks of yeah. love to me. <laughs> yeah. So when I grew up, I was just like, you know, I want to love people fiercely how I wanted to be loved yeah. and mm. currently feel loved by people around me. And so I just want people to know that I care, that I'm there, that I'm a safe space, and I want them to feel desired and cherished and noticed is a big thing i feel like you can do that with words you can do that with gestures and sometimes you can do that with spaces it's interesting because i'll have people come to me not necessarily to complain but they'll come to me and say why don't we or why is it this way or this doesn't seem right this doesn't feel right and they slow down doing it when they find out what i respond with is, you're noticing that because it's important to you. You're probably good at it. Go fix that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I put them to work. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the same way that you're talking about. You didn't feel the kind of love that you really f- 
wanted to and that felt felt important to you to be able to give away. So that helped form you into the person who really does want to love well and to serve people. And we're kindred spirits on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. really desired on my tombstone he loved well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I would also say to that point that there are those people that, like you said, if you see something that you wish it were so, you can help make it so and mm-hmm. things like that. But I would also say on the flip side of that, if you feel like maybe you wouldn't want it to be so and that's not something you're good at, yeah. then like reaching out, like right. coming to people, having an idea, saying like, hey, like I have a vision for this. I know plenty of people that are like, hey, this would be a super sick idea. I just don't know where to start or what to do. And so either I will be like, oh, go knock on Kevin's door. (laughs) Kevin knows what to do. Or just like, here, let me give you a number of someone that can collab with you. So there's like, I just wanted to preface, you know, like there are people out there that sometimes it's like there's a barrier to get past, but also sometimes it's like, I think I need to um, reach out beyond my comfort zone and yeah. ask somebody like, hey, join me in this, you know? Partnership is critical. Collaboration, we're built as a family mm-hmm. to accomplish the purposes of God with our yes. individual strengths and coming together. So I totally agree. My funnest things to do is to work together with people to accomplish big purposes. Mm-hmm. It, it's true about evangelism, okay? It's true about sharing your faith. You might be the come and see person. The other person might be the unapologetic Mike Van Meter who knows a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and you partner together through relational skills, through loving skills. Yeah, and solid sacrificial love yeah. is kind of demanded by this world, but then unexpected, which is a very strange dichotomy if you think about it. Sure. Everybody is like, love one another, peace, not war. But then when you're actually solidly loving somebody and you're looking them in the eye and there's love in your eyes, they're kind of looking at you like, this is weird. (laughs) Why are you so nice and kind? The world is so bad and we've got a pandemic and gas prices and all this stuff. And it's like, but you're loving me so much. And it's like, that's the Holy Spirit inside of me, friend. Yeah. You know, um, we're talking with uh, Linda Kidos and I was saying, you know, I've, I've hung out with you and done ministry with you and it really just smells like love and she goes no not really (laughs) but what she meant is sometimes and so many people say this on the show i i don't love like i'm supposed to but i'm obedient and the lord gives his love through me even when i don't feel like it and then i'm shocked and so i get a little bit of his love and i think through consistently staying with that two things one is that you really can wear somebody down with love because mm-hmm. they're looking for the hook they're looking for what the ulterior motive is that you have it just love just wears people down so that their defenses are there and they just look and say it's real and i've had people this is shocking that have told me how nice i am and i'm going <laughs> oh you haven't met my friends <laughs> you, you think i'm nice there are people that blow away my nice <laughs> you should come to my church and it actually is true so that's not bad. I want to talk a little bit about what formed you. Sure. Okay, so how did you get to be this exquisite human being? Well, as a child, which is interesting because every time I think about my journey to where I am today, 
it always starts off with your typical like I was born on this day on Halloween 30 years ago <laughs> but is any um, of that true yes I was born almost 30 years ago on we Halloween. celebrate your birthday every year at the church I yeah. didn't know that trunk or tree is Brianna's birthday yeah at the end of trunk or treat I actually go around and collect money from everybody <laughs> <laughs> nice I'm just kidding I don't do that but I was thinking about it and I had this perspective of what I thought my life was when I was a kid. I thought it was perfect. I thought I have a mom and dad, a brother, your standard American household, <laughs> not a white picket fence, but a trailer park, whatever it's on the side of the trailer park, aluminum, <laughs> linoleum, whatever that's called. Uh, <laughs> yes. But then my aunt wrote a book for me about my mom's life because I didn't really know her and it wasn't like my life was kind of under perfect if you have like a standard of that. And there were things happening with my parents that I didn't know about, like fractures that were happening that I was oblivious to as a child. Mm -hmm. So then now that I'm older, I think I used to tell myself like my life was so perfect and I wonder if I would have ever gone to church. And I just think that it's a testimony that God has a plan. He's like moving and working and he knew the things that were going on in my life as a kid that I didn't understand and I just thought it was great. But um, I guess the real set off point was as a kid when I was seven is when my mother passed away from alcoholism. And I feel like losing a parent is really difficult for anybody. At that age, it was hard because I didn't really understand the concept. My dad sat me down and was like, your mom's not going to come home tomorrow. And I was just kind of like, all right, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm seven, but it's also like, I'm, I, it's not like a conscious frontal cortex processing of all this happening. Yeah. Whereas an adult, you process like, what does this mean for your womanhood growing up? What does this mean as an adult? What does it mean for the dynamic of your household with just being in a house of all guys now? But that did set in motion a series of things. Growing up as a tomboy, not really having a like understanding of what it means to be a woman and then becoming a Christian, a godly woman. And just really hardening my heart. I got very angry, which turned into getting very depressed. And other people in my life too, it started to affect them. You know, like my dad losing his wife, very difficult. And so he went into a depression, but it was like an unchecked depression. So it made it so he wasn't really taking care of his body physically and mentally. That snowballed into his not taking care of diabetes, not taking care of chronic kidney stuff like that. And then him and my brother's relationship fractured because my brother is five years older than me. So he was closer to my mother when she passed away. And so because of that, mine and his relationship were fractured. So there's a lot of fractures, a lot of an intense house. And I dealt with that all the way up into high school. And then when I was a sophomore in high school, I was in marching band like all of the best kids were. Of course. <laughs> yes. And I was hanging out with my friend Jeremy because he played clarinet. And on Wednesdays, he was like, every Wednesday I go to my junior high shift at this place called Youth Venture. And I was just like, what's that? And he was like, it's just a teen center and I have a junior staff shift there. I'm a junior staff. And so like I sell snacks at the snack bar and we hang out. And I didn't know that other people at, at, like my friends were going to. And so he was like, you can just come hang out with me. And I didn't want to go home to my house. And so I was like, yeah. 
And so I went there and I didn't actually know when I got there, but I had been there before to look for somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone's mom was like, I think my son's in there. And I was like, I'll go check. And he wasn't. And I walked in and there was tables and I ran out and I was like, he's not there. But I went in and I was immediately met uh, by Brooke Steckler. And if you know Yay. Brooke Steckler, <laughs> she is very exciting and she was just like bright eyed saw me and i don't know i mean i i'm i know it was it's her personality she's loving she's inviting but it also was probably exciting that like a girl had came in to yeah. teacher, there's a bunch of boys here and i was a little taken back but she was just interested in my story hi i'm brooke this is venture who are you what are you doing here what's your story and i was telling her and she was listening, listening. intentionally and actively and lovingly with no judgment in her eyes which to me was like i'm this like little kid with nappy hair from a trailer park down the street wearing my brother's clothes <laughs> and you're interested in me so i just kept coming back I came back like the next day i think i would come back every day through that i got connected to foothills high school group and through that, I got connected to our summer camps that we have. And at summer camp was really when I walked down during worship. And it wasn't a moment that a lot of people explain where it was like their hands kind of tingle and the Lord is like speaking to them. They feel drawn down to like the altar and they're crying. It was really just like my life is bad. I don't like my life. And if what these people are saying is even remotely true, I'm down to try it because I've tried other things. I've tried alcohol and I've tried forgetting about it and suppression and I've tried being angry and fitting in and it's not working. Things are still bad. And so if this Jesus is who he says he is, then yeah, I can be obedient and give my life. And it was funny because I think about it now and I think my expectation of it is like, I'll be obedient to God and do what you say and just hope for the best. <laughs> and now that I'm older, I can just imagine God is just like, you have no, no idea, idea what's in the door for you. You know, and here I am today in that same youth venture. Yeah, right here. Uh, where the magic podcast, happens. Uh, where the magic happens. It's whatever full the, circle. Whatever the Christianese <laughs> word for the magic happening. I don't know. There's a better way to say the that. The Holy I guess. Spirit's moving. Yeah. It's really, really true. So, this podcast, our goal is to encourage and equip people mm -hmm. to share the love of Christ the way that they were made um, with everybody that God's puts into their life and directs them to. Your story, there are all sorts of people listening to this, right? And they identify with Brooke Steckler. I could work a shift. I could change a young girl's life. I could be a part of that. Or there's somebody listening who their life is not the way they'd really want it to be. Like you've said, and so many other people have come on the show. Yeah, I'll give my life to Jesus. It's really crummy. Mm -hmm. If he wants it, he can have it. And then the absolute transformation more than we can hope or imagine but there's people that can put themselves right into your place in your story and they can be a part of that so that's encouraging that somebody can do that and the equipping part i want to talk a little bit more about because there are people who are built okay so i've found different styles right and so there's people who 
can love people, that can serve people. And what have you found in that that would help equip somebody? Have you had roadblocks in that? Like, mm, some people I don't love. Or where I, I've had some people that are in a different context. Like, you counsel in the world, mm -hmm. right, as a professional. And there's navigation that happens there where some people might stumble on loving people in such a way that they lose their job mm -hmm. when they very well, if they were equipped, not have to lose their job and still be effective for the kingdom. So what tips, I guess, if you want to say it that way, what tips could you give people who are built the way you are to love and serve to effectively do that? I would say the first thing is just trusting in what God says like you are or who God says you are. I feel like a lot of times in this day and age and in general with my generation and kind of the generation above, but a lot below, there's this idea of like, who am I? And I'm trying to be this. I'm trying to be like that girl trend. I wake up, I do my journal, I drink matcha tea. No offense to anybody that drinks matcha <laughs> tea. Um, but, you know, just that type of routine. And I feel like just really sitting in who God made you to be. What are your gifts? What is the personality that the Lord gave you? Even like down to basic things, like are you adventurous? Do you like running or doing really insane Ironman <laughs> triathlons? Why, yes, I do. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Do you, I don't know, do you like fishing? Are you a good cook? Like things like that. And then when you figure those out, just asking the Lord, is this a gift that you've given me? Like hospitality, loving people and running and inviting people. For me, I think something that I stumble on a lot because I do work in a job that is outside of you know the church and um, <laughs> like most people's jobs. And in that position, being a Christian, it's hard, especially in the world of mental health, because it's a lot of what can I do to fix myself? And how can I search inside of myself to grow myself? And I'm helping these people do that, but it feels wrong. Because <laughs> it's like, well, like I know the answer, yeah, but I can't really tell you the answer because the answer will put me in a position to not be able to do anything with you at all. And so I think the way that I'm able to maneuver that in my job is just by simply loving people. I can be a Christian and still help people learn symptom management and still teach people the educational values and benefits of cognitive behavioral therapy and DBT and ACT. And I can still help somebody take thoughts and call them what they are, lies, and help them deconstruct it to realize that this thing you're thinking about yourself is not true. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the different dynamics of that. And I can still call them lies in my work. And I know when I say lies, I mean, there's lies, they're lies from the enemy, you know? And I might not be able to say that phrase at work because they'll be like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the enemy? What enemy? But still being able to say their lies. Let's break this down. This is not who you are. You are not this person. You are not worthless. You are not unloved. You are not failing as a mother. And I pray all the time that the Lord would speak 
through me. Granted, at those jobs, if somebody asks me, like, I'm religious, are you religious, are you Christian, I can answer Mm -hmm. and have that conversation. But you're right about the maneuvering. And so I would say, number one, is to just really pray and ask God who he made you to be. Be comfortable in that. And if you're struggling with that, then walking through with a friend or a mentor about really being able to sit and walk in who God made you to be. And then as far as loving people, which is my personal gift, I can't speak on running Ironmans with people because I have never and will never run. I don't play the bass or the guitar or the drums. The only Ironman I run is the movie (laughs) on DVD. (laughs) They're all good. They're all good. Uh, Yeah. And so speaking from a place of just loving people, that is what I have learned has worked over the years yeah. is just to love people. And you will get those moments where people might say something like, you know, there's something about you or that's interesting. Or like, you're just so positive. Like, why are you just so positive? And you just have a glow. And then I can maneuver and say like, yeah, I just really believe as a Christian that like the Holy Spirit is moving in me and God uses me to love people like he loves us. Like, yeah. You know, um, it may have been Michael Cook when he was on here, but he was really stressing, and here's a man who loves very well, that you have to accept the love of God before you're able to fully give the love of God, right? You have to see that the way he made you is a gift and value it and understand how much he loves you. But you got to understand that a gift isn't a gift for you, Mm -hmm. a gift is a gift to be given away. Yes. So that's the next step. And however you're made, that's the gift. That's the conduit that he's using to get his love to people, to get his truth. The other thing he said that's so, so true. You know how like a real genius, somebody who is really a master of something and has a genius about some subject or something, the real genius is when they can interpret it and um, translate it for regular folks like me, right? Like I've got friends like that that can make me understand complex things because they're a genius and they can do that. Well, the truth of God, I think, is the exact same way. His principles are true, whether you speak them in Christianese or not. Mm. Those things that lies will steal your joy, and so many, that if people understand how to translate it into English, whatever Mm -hmm. language you get to use, Mm -hmm. those truths are just true. Mm-hmm. And when they can see the genuine love and affection that's there, it's disarming and it's and it brings life to people. Yeah, I think I have a cool perspective I get to be in because in church as a counselor, I get to help people that kind of have an understanding of what it means to be thinking a lie and dealing with fear and anxiety and trusting in the Lord and working through those things. But I also get to go into the secular world and also be like hey that's a lie like that's a lie that you're thinking that you're an unfit mother that you're thinking that your child would be better off without you that you're thinking that you're not a good spouse or that you're going crazy or things like that and i can't i keep thinking of the word like secret superhero even though it's not a secret but it's like it's just cool to the secret agents incognito Yeah, yeah it's just cool to be able to like do this 
at church and then also just do literally the same thing yeah. in the world on and an like, unsuspecting world yeah and and grab people and say let's break that lie by taking it and showing you that it's not true on a very very basic surface level and i do this thing in both jobs where i have people take their thoughts to court and mm. so they have a thought about themselves and I say, all right, well, give me evidence for that. And my favorite thing is when I tell people, so you think that about yourself. Okay, give me one piece of solid, actual evidence that it's true. And they sit there and look at me <laughs> for like seconds and they go, um, and I say, not guilty. <laughs> yeah. And I say, so can we say that it's not <laughs> true? And I get That's to do cool. that in both That's jobs. Beautiful. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, there's so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> but one of the things that I really have come to realize on this podcast over the months that we've been doing it is that people who have a special anointing are exactly the right people to pray for people like that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to pray for the people who are listening. And I really do mm -hmm. believe that God uses these prayers at the end of this show, which we do all the time, yeah. uh, to really set people free into their calling and into the joy of being sent. So would you pray for the folks? Sure. Let's do it. Lord, I just thank you, um, first and foremost, that you are intentional with us. God, I thank you that you are in every circumstance, in the valley, on the mountaintop, and that the sacrifice was able to let us have a relationship with you, Lord. And God, I just want to pray for all of uh, your children, Father, who are just trying to figure out how they're able to love people, how they're able to show you to people, God, how they're able to reach out to people, Lord. I pray that you would give them boldness. Jesus, I pray that you would give them direction and wisdom in the gifts and talents that you've given them, and even to the point of showing them who to go to and people that you want them to talk to or how you want them to love somebody, Lord, in a season of struggle or even a season of joy and celebration. Father, I pray um, that you would give them comfort, Lord. I rebuke the plans of the enemy yes. of trying to hinder them going forth, Lord, of bringing any fear or worry or uncomfort, God, I just pray that you would open those doors, that you would give them the strength and give them the energy and the words, and that you would give them that push and that they can rely on you and trust in the fact, Lord, that you are moving through us, God, that you really do fill us up and use us in those circumstances and it's really not by our might or will or goodness or anything it's simply by you wanting to use us which is phenomenal and incredible lord yeah. so i pray that over my brothers and sisters out there god and i just pray that you would bless them so so good and just remember you are a gift given hmm.